Hey guys, real quick, before we get started, I have a small request. If you've been blessed by our content and you like this show, would you take just a brief moment and leave us a five-star review? This is quite possibly the most effective thing that you can do to ensure that this content gets out to as many people as possible. Thanks. Jesus said, man cannot live on bread alone, but from every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You're listening to Daily Truth. So the key to becoming disciplined is motivation. Any kind of discipline and discipline for godliness is no different. According to verse 8 of our text, one of the motivations for training ourselves for godliness is the fact, the undeniable, unmovable fact that godliness holds immense value not only for this life but also the life to come. This life is not all there is, brothers and sisters. We must have set in our minds eternity. The Puritan preacher Richard Baxter was famous for saying, I preach as though I might never preach again. And as a dying man to dying men. The Bible is clear that as members of the fallen human race, that is the sinful human race, our lives are short. It has been appointed to each man to die and then the judgment, the scripture says. Therefore, it is imperative that we each prepare for the life to come. And in addition to this, so one of the motivations is that this life is not all there is. As 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says, if this life, if Christ wasn't raised from the dead, and that we weren't promised to be raised from the dead also, if this life was in fact all there is, then eat and drink and be merry for tomorrow we die. YOLO is a great, a great guide for life. If this life is all there is, but it's not. So one of the motivations is, in fact, that there is a life to come. And in that life to come, we will be confronted by the living God. That is the holy God. It has been appointed for each man a day to die and then the judgment. So one of the things that motivates us is a fear of God, knowing that this life is not all that we have been given. We must prepare for the life to come. But also, and here's the comfort, the consolation, brothers and sisters. In addition to this, according to verse 10 of our text, we toil and strive. Some texts say suffer reproach, right? We work hard and we're even willing to be persecuted because we have our hope set on the living God who is the savior of all people, especially those who believe. Our discipline, our training for godliness, our toiling and striving is worth the cost. It's hard work. It's costly work, but it's worth it because the living God is also a saving God. Our God is infinitely holy and just, but he is also exceedingly merciful and kind. Look at the text, verse 10. For to this end, right? For what what point? What's the point? What's the purpose? To this purpose, we work hard, we toil and strive. Why? Because we have hope. And there's an object, brothers and sisters, of our hope. Our hope is not just this this intangible hope. It is a hope that is set on something objective. It is set on the living God. Let me pause there for a moment. Why on earth should fallen men set their hope on the living God? You and I are dead men walking. God promised the day that you eat of the fruit, of the tree of knowledge, Good and evil, you shall surely die. Each of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Each of us have rebelled against the Each of us are dead men. Why should dead men, men who are dead, set their hope on the God who is living? Because the living God, you got to understand this. Think of the Hebrews, the, the book Hebrews. 
in the Bible, New Testament, it says it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Why set our hope on the living God? The scripture says elsewhere it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God because the living God, the holy God, the judge of the living and the dead, he is also the saving God. He is the Savior. And this is how saving He is. This is the point. This, this isn't Paul's chance to, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think Paul's saying, I'm going to slip in a little bit of Reformed theology and Calvinism right here. This is his point of saying, Savior of all people, but especially those who believe. I am convinced. This is it. Why does he say this? We know. Here's the last paragraph right before the conclusion. We know that Paul clearly taught that Jesus would one day return to receive his people and to deliver retribution and judgment to those who have not obeyed the gospel. That's Paul also. Paul, the same Paul who wrote this text, verse 10, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, he also wrote 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 8 through 9 that says Jesus will return and eternally judge those who have not obeyed his gospel. So therefore, it is abundantly clear from Scripture, that not everyone will be saved. Universalism is a heresy. It is wrong. So, so then what is Paul saying? That God is the Savior of all people. Well, John Calvin, a 16th century theologian, he suggested that Paul is using the word Savior in two senses. In a general sense, and you got it, when I say general sense, you guys got to hear that, because um, general sense, right? let's catch this, because if you don't hear this, then you're going to think that, that John Calvin and Joel Webb are heretics. In a general sense, God is the Savior of the whole world, in regard to the whole world, but in a special sense, with regard to only believers. Now, the general sense is this, that God gives protection and provision under the banner of His common grace, even to the wicked who refuse His call to salvation. However, in a special sense, God is the Savior of believers since He not only provides them with temporal blessings, but also eternal deliverance from His judgment and never-ending joy. Now, here's the point. There are heinous, wicked people. There are murderers and abusers who, as I speak and as you listen, are enjoying wonderful meals, who are watching sunrises, breathing fresh air. There are wicked people who are experiencing regularly for 70, 80, 90 years, pleasure. See, God, in a general sense, not eternal, but in a general sense, in His long-suffering, in His slowness to anger, and His kindness and tolerance and forbearance, God is saving, that is, He is sustaining, He is sparing them. And if God saves even those who refuse the most wicked thing that any person could do, who refuse to obey His gospel, Second Thessalonians, if God saves for a time, that is, he, he causes it to rain on both the wicked and the righteous. In His common grace, He gives good temporal blessings, pleasure, life, joy, even to the wicked who have disobeyed His gospel for 70, 80, 90 years, then certainly we can set our hope on the living God. Because if He even saves for a time the wicked, He will save to the uttermost the righteous. Especially that is eternally, that is forever those who believe. 
All right, all right, all right. Stop twisting my arm. I know you want to hear the inside scoop. Here it is. The glorious vision of Right Response Ministries for the first half of next year, 2023. We have not one, not two, but three massive endeavors that we will accomplish by the grace of of God. The first you already know about. It's our Theonomy and Postmillennialism Conference. This is selling out incredibly fast. By the time this commercial airs, you may not even be able to get a ticket. I, I, I really don't know. So don't waste another moment. Go to rightresponseconference.com, rightresponseconference.com to join us for the Theonomy and Postmillennialism Conference next year. Now, this is where you come in. We need your help. Our next two endeavors are number one, a documentary style film, and number two, a brand new studio. Both of these things are seeking to accomplish one primary goal, which is excellent, high quality, glorious Christian media. We are tired of, of, as Christians, doing things poorly. We've done our best with what we have, but by God's grace, we want to do even better. This is not going to be just another video. This is not going to be a sermon or an interview or a podcast, but we're going to make a documentary style film. And we're going to be hiring Nathan Anderson, the director of On Earth As It Is In Heaven, a very, very successful post-millennialism documentary that's on Amazon and YouTube, came out a couple years ago. He's going to be flying in from Chile to help us direct this film. And our documentary is going to be on post-millennialism and theonomy, why it's biblically valid, why it's absolutely necessary, and why, by the grace of God, theonomy and post-millennialism are currently on the rise. So we're going to make this film, and we need your support. And not just this film, but we're going to make all of our videos and podcasting and everything we do here at Right Response Ministries better. We want to achieve the highest level of quality and Christian excellence that we possibly can. That's where the new studio comes in. This new film, our our date that we're shooting for is it would be complete and publicly available in May or June of 2023, next year. The studio, our goal is that it would be completely done in its construction and the equipment and the setup and the stage and everything by January, February of 2023 next year. We need your prayers. We need your encouragement. And for those of you who are willing to do so, we need your generous support. You can give towards these endeavors by going to rightresponseministries.com forward slash donate. Again, that's rightresponseministries.com forward slash donate. Thank you so much for all your help. God bless. Thanks so much for listening, but real quick, Before you go, do us a small favor, take a moment, and leave us a five-star review if you enjoyed the show. This is undoubtedly the best way that you can help us get this biblically faithful content to as many people as possible. Thanks so much.